From the Financial Times in London, I'm Griselda Murray-Brown and this is FT News. London's Tate Modern is the world's most popular museum of modern and contemporary art, with five million visitors a year. Only 20 years ago, it was the shell of a defunct power station on the banks of the Thames. Now it is expanding with a £260 million extension that opens next month. Edwin Hethcote, the FT's architecture critic, takes up the story. Now, Tate Modern has the Switch House, a 10-storey truncated folded pyramid clad in a perforated screen of over a third of a million bricks. It'll expand the museum by 60% with more galleries, education spaces and a panoramic terrace. It's the work of Swiss architects Herzog and de Muron, designers of the original conversion which opened in 2000. The area around it has changed radically since then. What was once a post-industrial landscape with derelict wharves and warehouses interspersed with social housing has become prime real estate. Tate Modern has been a key driver in the regeneration and subsequent gentrification. At its heart is the turbine hall, the brooding cavernous volume once inhabited by the hulking machines and now transformed into arguably London's greatest internal public space. It's a descent into a resurrected dark, subterranean underworld. This is a venue for art on an industrial scale. Edwin took a tour of the new extension with one of his architects, Jacques Herzog. So Jacques, here we are in the new extension to uh, Tate Modern. You started working on the building 22 years ago. Yeah. How does it feel to come back and extend your own building? That's a very psychological question. Because, um, as you said, 22 years is a lot of time in everybody's life. And when we were announced the winners, we were pretty young architects mm -hmm. and um, very excited to get started to work on such an amazing project. And yeah. then later, we were in a different position. We could do more things. We were more experienced, but we were less naive. You develop, you become a different person. Yeah. And nevertheless, you have to accept that, what you've done, and to take it further. You refer to it as being a bit like a, a city, that you have the, the square and the tower. So I guess in a way, it's a kind of urbanism, isn't it, to Absolutely. carry on a building like this? Absolutely. We really love to use the enormous energy that was lying within the, this given industrial structure by Giles uh, Scott Building. And I think even the new one, has kind of a spirit and mm -hmm. is very mindful of, mm -hmm. of the former power station. The way you've chosen to articulate it with this brick veil and the, the folds, it emphasizes the, the height, but it's a, quite a soft way of building in a yeah. way, isn't it? You, you talk about it as knitwear. Yeah. Yes, that was very important to have this soft moment, but also the, the, the robustness. You mm -hmm. look in this floor, you see these concrete trusses, which are very powerful. Also the notion of a monument, it has some monumental scale, but never should it be overwhelming. We always try our best to also provide intimate spaces, like in nature, under a tree, you know, that gives you a feeling of being protected and not exposed and overwhelmed by um, standing in awe in front of, I don't know, some kind of religious monumentality. That was never, of course, the plan. We see the bricks outside here, out the window. Your original plans were glass, actually, when it was a glass tower, and then you switched to brick. But you talk about the brick as a, as a fabric, as a, as a veil. Yeah, I think that now that once look, one looks through and sees it from outside and from inside, 
I'm pretty happy that we made this change from glass, which would have been a material much closer to the business world outside. Yeah. And clearly the Tate now makes for one site, one coherent site, where the old parts and the new parts integrate into one thing. With the old building, the power station, the way it addressed London was kind of curious because it was a blank wall to the river and a blank wall to Southwark. This changes that orientation and makes it much more open, doesn't it, as well? So Southwark and the Thames and uh, central London will be connected. And uh, the Tate makes for a walkthrough. You can even walk through the Tate, yeah. which is a major museum, just as a normal passerby. You mm. know, you walk through it like through a piece of city. Yeah. I think that's certainly part of the success of the Tate. It's open for everybody. Yeah. Edwin asked Tate director Nicholas Sirota why there was a need to expand what was already such a large building. Well, we have five million visitors a year. We were expecting two. Anyone who's been here on a weekend will know that the place is crowded with visitors. We've also had a, got a growing collection, and it's a collection which is now stretching across the world, not just North, Northwest Europe and North America, not just British art, but looking at Africa, Latin America, Asia, the Middle East, and we need space to show it. What does the new building give you that the old one couldn't? What do you gain here? So we gain space. We also gain a great variety of spaces. So they range from the tank spaces in the basement that were originally the place where the power station stored oil, raw, rough, concrete line spaces in which we can do performance and installation, to very refined gallery spaces on three levels, equivalent to the three levels in the original boiler house. You'll get a different sensation according to which part of the building you're in, which galleries you're in, and they'll be usable for different kinds of art. I think our whole idea about what can happen in a museum was changed by Tate Modern, and now we're going to have an opportunity to demonstrate just how rich those opportunities are.